You're listening to the Ministry 127 Podcast, a ministry of Lancaster Baptist Church and Pastor Paul Chapel. This podcast is on the art of follow-through with Mrs. Tammy Schellenberg. The Schellenbergs joined the staff of Lancaster Baptist Church in 2004, and Mrs. Schellenberg serves as the West Coast Baptist College Registrar, where she oversees the college admissions process. Ecclesiastes 7.8 says, Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient is in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. What has God given to you to do? What a blessing it is to have an opportunity to serve Him in ministry. And I mean that. I worked for many years um, locally in the hospital. And when I was asked to come on staff here at West Coast Baptist College, the campus of Lancaster Baptist Church, what a change it made in my life. Um, we are faithful members coming. My husband, um, was a deacon prior to being um, on staff, and we love this place. Um, but getting out of an environment of the world and being able to be here and really surrounded by just the most incredible people on earth, it's, um, it's just awesome. Is your ministry God-given? I would venture a guess it is. Do you want to do your best in light of everything he's done for us? Again, I'm sure that your answer would be yes. Whether you work in full-time ministry are here with your church and actually work in a secular job and you're just out picking up tidbits. Um, We need to do all that we do for God's glory. So as we talk about follow-through, the first thing that comes to my mind is, do you have any incompletes? (laughs) You better say yes. (laughs) I do. In my personal life, some of my incompletes are because I totally forgot I was working on them, (laughs) or I just lost interest in the middle of doing something, or I didn't pre-plan, and I really didn't have the time or the resources to finish the job I had started. It's one thing not to finish that afghan you started (laughs) in the middle of that rainy afternoon, but it's another thing. Those tasks and projects that have been given to us in ministry, um, they have weightier consequences and we need to finish them. Why do we not finish a project? Sometimes we don't have enough information. Sometimes our direction really hasn't been scheduled for us. Scared. We've never done it before. That one frightens me a lot. No idea where to begin. Result. Expectations were not clearly defined. And sometimes just plain exhaustion (laughs) keeps us from finishing a project. So today we're going to look at the art of follow-through and hopefully put a plan in place for all of those projects that um, are on our list to help us really just be good stewards of the time God has given to us. And the number one there is plan. (laughs) Very simple. Plan. Borrowing a phrase from the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, we need to begin with the end in mind. Mr. Anonymous that really was his name, penned the phrase, he who fails to plan, plans to fail. I was thinking about this, and without a goal, it would really be hard to set any plan into motion. Saying those famous words, I want to lose weight, (laughs) really is not going to hold any weight, unless you put a plan behind it. Saying, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by August 1st, that would be not healthy, but it would be a plan in place for your project. Um, Losing weight, weeding the garden, making curtains, work-related projects, doing a mailing, planning a banquet, teaching a class. A goal without a plan is just a dream. And if you think about that in the area of 
weight loss or planning your, I mean, do you ever look out your yard, in your yard, and you want to plant a garden, and you've just got this wonderful dream, um, but without a plan, that's all it is, is it's just a dream. So letter A is your project defined. Project defined. Be sure that you get all of the details of the project so that you can achieve a productive end. What are you trying to do? Are you writing a book or sending 20 absentee letters? Are you planning vacation Bible school or maybe an outreach to widows? We're defining the project. Without a clear direction on what your project is, there's just no way you're going to complete it and have follow through. Be sure whether you're being handed the project or you're coming up with a project in your mind that you clearly define what the project is. That way, you'll know when you're finished with it. (laughs) Letter B is your project goals. I wish I could say I'm very clever and I came up with this fabulous acronym, but I didn't. Um, But a great acronym for your goals is to be SMART. S-M-A-R-T. Your goal needs to be specific. Well-defined and clear to everyone related to the project. Specific. What are you planning to accomplish? M is measurable. The statement of quantity, project length, cost. How will you know when your goal is reached? A, achievable. Is your goal realistic with effort and commitment? Realistically, I think we just served maybe, what, 1,400 lunches? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Really, honestly, 3,400 lunches would not be a realistic goal for that dining hall. Although in a couple years, we may have to add on because we may have 3,400 lunches to serve at one time. But um, is it achievable? Is achieving the goal realistic with effort and commitment? Do you have the resources, knowledge, time, funding, Computer knowledge, do you need to learn something new? And just because you've never done it before does not mean it's not realistic. It just means you need to stretch a little and grow and learn how to use Access or Excel or Word or whatever else it's going to take to help you get it done. The letter R is relevant. Why does it need to be done? And why does it need to be done by you? You have to be careful with that one. But some of us have a tendency to just absorb every project that comes across. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, I can do that. Oh, yeah, I can do that. But is it relevant? Is it relevant to what you're there for? Um, I work as a registrar at West Coast Baptist College. I, the main thing around here is soul winning. Absolutely. We keep the main thing the main thing. For me, when I'm at work, and I'm not soul winning, um, my main thing is admissions applications, talking to students, talking to parents, admissions. There's a lot that goes on around here. There's a lot of projects I could put my hands on every moment of every day. But my main thing has to be admissions. Or when Durham's open on Monday, August 30th, 2010, I will have nobody picking up their packets (laughs) because I have not done my job. Um, So is it relevant? Does it need to be done by you? I have to be careful. Other things can't come across and interrupt at any time my main thing here on campus. And then time-based. When will it be done? 
your projects all have to be time-based. Even if there really isn't a time, if someone just thinks that, oh, this would be a really great thing for one of our upcoming new members' receptions, you still need to make it smart. You need to decide which new members' reception you're going to do it at and start the project right then. So we're going to plan, project defined, project goals. The next one, letter C, is project tools. So many of these A, B, C's, and D's are kind of all intermixed, and I'm hoping that maybe just something, as I pop out and say things, it'll just maybe trigger something in your head. Project tools, what's it going to take to complete your project? A tool may be 10 ladies to assemble packets. A tool may be the packets you have, the 10 ladies assembling. Perhaps it's a matter of knowing where to access information in a database for your team leader or how to fill out a PO. What are your project tools? What are the resources you're going to need to complete the project? Make a comprehensive list. People, these are one of your tools. Is there available staff to help? Probably not. They're probably doing their own projects. <laughs> or will it be a volunteer-based project? I'm Volunteers, using volunteers has its own set of challenges, but um, the benefits of involving the church family is absolutely priceless. When you're working on projects and things, please always remember to involve ladies, um, to have other people come in and, and just be, they want to be a blessing. Um, it sometimes makes things a little tougher. I teach 10th grade girls Sunday school class here, and a lot of time my helpers are 15 years old. So um, sometimes that takes a little bit more work than it would be just to stay up all night and do my own thing. But spending that time working with those girls, um, I had some girls come in with me on Monday, and we did the little centerpieces for the dining hall out there. Monday was one of my highlights of the summer. It was the best day. And truly, I am not really good with that. I would much rather just go, okay, I can do it. I'll just get it done exactly the way I want it. Nobody will bother me. And oh, But that isolating ourselves is not how we're going to work very well with follow-through. Um, people. People are the greatest resource we have. Tenth grade girls are fabulous, even when they grow up. Um, funding. Is there a budget? Probably. It might just be a couple dollars. <laughs> it might be a ream of paper. <laughs> but there is a budget. Um, find out what your budget is and plan around the numbers. Remember, it all belongs to the Lord. And I know we all, you know to be frugal in the ministry and to be careful with everything. But I honestly wonder sometimes as we set down a pen or use this or don't do this or make seven copies that we shouldn't have made, sometimes I know I can be... Um, less frugal than I need to be. And um, funding. Be careful with your funding and, and stick to your budget. And then time. Another project tool is time. Be sure to find out your time constraints. Sending out a mailing after an event is just kind of a waste of effort. <laughs> and unfortunately, sometimes it happens. Um, and you just have to look ahead on everything. As you're defining the project, make an efficient timeline. If you start at the project due date, remember, it's got to be smart. <laughs> Your goal, it's got to be time-based. And then backtrack. If it's a mailing, you need to have it mailed out probably two to four weeks before the event. Um, I know sometimes we do like three months out, six months out, nine months out. 
and start. I don't know if you've ever received anything from Lancaster Baptist Church, but um, those scheduled mailings are very important, and things are started very early, and it helps other people plan, so time. And then letter D is to start. (laughs) When you're working with follow-through, you need to start the project. Dive in. You'll not finish anything you haven't started. Sometimes the biggest hurdle is just the fright of starting a new project. And so you need to start. Um, That was planning. Now we're going to go on to number two, and it's proceed. There are so many wonderful books out there on organization and follow-through and time management and... Um, getting things done. I was trying to think of the name of the, one of the books I read. It's The Idiot's Guide to Getting Things Done. But it was really good. <laughs> and some things, of course, you've got to glean through and be careful what you're reading. And um, But really great books and picking up tidbits. So I kind of feel like I'm just giving you an overview of massive organizational books, but hopefully something will trigger and then you'll go to Amazon.com and think, oh, this sounded like an interesting thing and find some of those books. Okay, so we're going to proceed. Practical how-tos, a bird's eye view. We're going to first manage your time. We keep talking about time. Time is the quality of nature that keeps events from happening all at once. (laughs) Lately, it doesn't seem to be working. (laughs) I don't know who wrote that. One of the very worst uses of time is to do something very well that you need not to have done at all. We all have time. It's what we do with each moment we're given that's going to make a difference. Um, Any activity in which you engage in for 30 minutes a day in the course of a 48-year productive work life, so that would be, you know, like working from about... 22, 20 to, you know, late 60s, maybe 70. Um, Any activity you engage in for 30 minutes a day in the course of a 48-year productive work life will take one solid year of your life. So, do you read maybe junk mail for 30 minutes every day? What do you think of that you do for 30 minutes every day? In a matter of 48 years, you've spent one solid year doing that, managing your time. This lesson is more of a project-based lesson than it is on personal organization and management. However, as we looked at each of these and we talk about the subject of follow-through, follow-through can be obtained by project or it can be looked at at a much higher level, thinking about the accountability we have to manage every minute of our time and all that we do or that we don't get to do for the Lord. Um, Scheduling your project. Of course, this is managing your time still. If you're like most people, you're more likely to accomplish more of what's on your daily task list if you start with the hardest task first. Likewise, when scheduling your project, do that which is least appealing. Do you hate to make phone calls? Then that's what you need to do first thing. I'm not kidding. (laughs) Do you hate to sit down and figure out the budget end of the project? That's what you need to do first thing. Um, The rest of the project then will be a breeze, and the follow-through will be um, much easier. Of course, the psychological advantage of tackling that tough part can be a confidence booster. 
Brainstorming and time activating all the steps required to complete your project is an absolute must. 30 minutes of planning, 30 minutes of sitting down and looking at your project and planning it out can really line everything up and save you oodles of frustration and time. But we have to take those 30 minutes. And of course, the schedule is not going to do you any good until, unless you stick to it. So many times I'll look at my schedule and I'll go, oh, I'm supposed to do that at 10. Oh, I don't want to do that. <laughs> Let me see, what am I doing at 11? <laughs> oh, I want to do that much more. It's moving to 10. <laughs> but you can't do that. Once you, hopefully, I don't know if you're like me. Sometimes in the morning as I'm having my devotions or something, the Lord will lay things on my heart. And I always have a sticky pad or something, and I'll just write them down so I can get them off my thought process. Um, and then later in the day I'll go, oh, I don't really want to do that. Why would I have written that down? And honestly, that's exactly what I need to do first because that's what the Lord laid on my heart. So scheduling your project, make sure you schedule it and then follow the schedule you wrote down. Be careful not to underestimate the time it's going to take you to do each and everything. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency to schedule way too many things in one afternoon, and then I'm so frustrated at the end of the day. And rather than looking at the accomplishments, we look at the list of what didn't get done. But um, just make sure that you try to really under, uh, well estimate the time that it's going to take. Perhaps the project's not the least appealing, and sometimes we do get projects that um, we just really don't want to do. May I tell you, procrastination is not going to make it go away. <laughs> Unless the rapture. That may make it go away. <laughs> but <laughs> um, fortunately, we do have a power of God behind us. Pray and proceed and really just see if God won't just pick up the loose ends and push you forward. In order to cu- overcome procrastination, there's three qualities that will help develop habits of focus and concentration. And these three qualities are all learnable. Decision, discipline, and determination. Great character traits. The most valuable task you can do each day are often the hardest and most complex. And most often, we'll spend our whole day staying busy. I don't think there's anybody in here that will say you're not busy. But those tasks that are easy and of low value, we need to make a decision on what needs to get done Pick the one with the most value and discipline ourselves to do it until you have finished the task. So that's managing your time. Like I said, it's kind of an overview. Um, There's just not enough time to talk all about time. (laughs) Then we're going to manage our environment. Distractions are such a time robber and waster. Don't sacrifice the important for the immediate. And that's a really great concept if you can um, grasp it. So many immediate things fly at us all throughout the day. And sometimes they're so much more attractive than the project you're working on. (laughs) And so you'll set set aside that oh-so-important project to do something that's way more fun and immediate. Meanwhile, you've totally lost concentration, totally lost your desire to get that project done, And it's going to take you time to get back going on it. Do you sit in front of an open Outlook folder on your computer? 
Do you look up every time that email <laughs> goes ding <laughs> to see who it is as the little fading thing floats across your screen? Who is that? Oh, <laughs> do I need to answer that? Um, sometimes this event in and of itself can cause you to lose concentration and create a strong desire to stop the important task you're working on and deal with the immediate email that you just got. We all have people that if they were to email us, yes, you do stop exactly what you're doing and you deal with that email or with that question. Um, But so often I think we're so easily distracted because we're just tired of what we're working on and we're just bored and we just want to set it aside and this one looks so much more interesting but you're not going to finish you're not going to complete and you're not going to have follow through if you don't stick to what you're working on give it a glance see who it's from if it's not from one of the three people you must respond to resist the urge and ignore it and they will understand clutter can also be a source of distraction I really had to pray before I talked about this part. My desk usually has seven piles on it. (laughs) They're very important piles, (laughs) but they are very distracting, I have to admit, and it's something I really need to work on. Most people work better with a clean desk, so you're only working on the one thing. We're managing our environment, and clutter can really clutter our day. Neat piles are okay as long as there's a purpose for each one, and you really are working on a project that pertains to each file but if you could do a system and put those files out of the way so you've got just what you're working on in front of you you're not going to be so easily distracted years ago there was much ado about multitasking but the world the new buzz phrase is the power of immersion and really if you think about it if you can immerse yourself into what you're doing and what you're working on and the project you're trying to get done then when you're done you're really done You can check it off. Um, We can truly pour all our energy and concentration into one task and follow through a result. Again, in your environment, is your office too hot? Is it too cold? Now, a lot of us don't have a lot of option there. I wear sweaters spring, summer, winter, and fall in my office. My building tends to be chilly. I get very distracted if I get very cold, and I get very cold very easy. (laughs) So... Is your environment comfortable? Do you need air circulating in your environment? Do you have a swamp cooler? (laughs) Um, You may not be able to readjust the temperature for the whole building, but you need to pay attention to really what's making you distracted. And if it's your environment, do away with it. (laughs) Um, Just pay attention to the small details. So we're going to manage our time, manage our environment, and just for a second, we're going to just manage our health. Um, Sometimes I think we just get so immersed in what we're doing that we don't think about fueling the bodies that are doing all that work. Um, A car cannot keep running without regular maintenance and fuel. And another one of those um, seven for highly effective people, seven seven habits for highly effective people. Um, I think the last one is sharpening the saw and... um, I love the whole concept of it. Just as important to the art of follow-through as managing your time and environment is your health. We really work and live in a very fast-paced environment, and we need to do our best to be our best in every area. If you've, um, prob- if you've not gotten enough sleep, this week doesn't count. I mean on a general <laughs> basis, <laughs> as you're all sitting there dozing. <laughs> almost. We're almost done. Um, 
you really aren't able to function to your optimum, and you really need to pay attention to that. Um, we all have busy seasons, and um, we'll spend a few days not getting enough rest. Um, and there's sometimes maybe one night a week um, where you're not going to get all the um, sleep that you need. But if you're consistently missing out on more than 10 hours of sleep each week, you're not going to be able to function at optimum level, and you're not going to complete your follow-through. You're going to have that dip in the afternoon, and you're going to crash, and you're not going to be able to concentrate. And if you do, save those silly little tasks for that time <laughs> in the afternoon, not when you're bright and cheery in the morning and you want to just keep busy. Naps are okay once in a while, but nothing takes the place of having consecutive good night's sleep. And eating habits. Not going to lecture, but eating nutritionally and at the right times can benefit your attitude and your capability at work as well. What to eat is not a mystery. We've all had health. You know what is best for you to eat. It's not a mystery. Um, when to eat, I've heard a lot of different opinions. Um, some people can't live without breakfast. Some people can't even fathom the thought of food till 10. Everybody's body is different. Um, but you do need fuel to make your body go. You can't just miss multiple meals or pour junk food into your body. I mean, we tell teenagers this. We need to listen to it every once in a while and expect to do a good job. Um, it really will aid in your area of concentration. And also, we need to think about water. Keep in mind that every chemical reaction occurring in your body requires water. By the time you feel thirsty, you're dehydrated. So if you're thirsty, you're dehydrated. We need, to, we need constantly to have sips of water going in our bodies, um, not just when it's um, 100 degrees outside. Our bodies require water, and um, we need to constantly be thinking about that. They don't require soda, but you do need a Diet Pepsi once in a while. <laughs> I'm sure that's written in some health journal. <laughs> and some people <laughs> um, tell me that they don't like the taste of water. Water has no taste. <laughs> just what works for me is a straw. If I put a straw on something and I can just keep sipping, a whole bottle thing, we have to take the lid off, two hands. Ugh, I don't have time for all that. But a straw and a cup really works. So um, keeping water. And then, of course, including some regimen of exercise in your weekly routine is going to help. Um, it doesn't mean you have to buy expensive equipment or spend a lot of hours at a, at a gym, buy a gym membership. But honestly, even just a brisk walk in the morning, um, just maybe 20 minutes, just make that a special time with the Lord or something, or take your three-by-fives and use some verse memory. Or in the evening, before you wind down for the night, um, just another, just a 20-minute walk um, is really going to help your body and um, help you feel better. And so if you've got the sleep, the eat, the walking, the water, you are good to go. Then we're going to finally produce. We've planned, we've proceeded, and now we're going to produce. I love the saying, it's not what you say, it's what you do. We can make all sorts of empty promises, but it really doesn't matter what we say. The bottom line is what we get accomplished. Letter A, I put down the words, achieving completions. And really, that's what we're looking at when we're talking about follow-through. A good way to stay focused on the need of the hour 
and avoid too much competition for your time is by seeking completions. If you can make that check mark and be done with it, then you need to finish so that you can get that off your plate. This may mean you completely kitchen the night um, after dinner so you don't have to look at the mess first thing in the morning, or perhaps organizing laundry into manageable loads. And if you're like me, I have to set a timer so I remember I'm doing laundry <laughs> and keep it going. Oh, I hate it. At the end of the day, I'm all, oh, I've got a load in the washer and a load in the dryer. Of course, with just two of us, it's really not that bad. But I do like to finish my projects before I go to sleep each night. I hate leaving washer loads in the washer and the dryer. Um, but just keep it going throughout the day so that at the end of the day, you're really done at work. My routine, I start checking my emails first thing. I get a lot of emails. Um, and it usually, some days, um, in this time of the year especially, it could take me a couple hours to do my emails. But you know, I get bored looking at my emails and having to say the same thing over and over again, even though I cut and paste from different things. So then I'll go, oh, maybe I'll just check my voicemail for a little while now. So I'm not finished checking my emails, but I'm gonna go and check my voicemail for a while. Oh, yep, got a few messages there. I might call back one or two because they were really interesting and I really needed to talk to them. But in the midst of all this, of course, I've had three people walk into my office too. So it's 12 o'clock noon, my emails aren't done, my voicemails aren't done, and I've had three conversations that I didn't need to have. I've not completed anything and it's 12 o'clock time for lunch. <laughs> um, when you're achieving completions, we need to finish each project as we start them. And I've really really tried to concentrate on this. Um, making a list, putting an order to your day, and sticking to it. Again, that schedule. It's not what you want to do each minute of the day. It's what you need to do each minute of the day. There's got to be room for providential interruptions. I understand. We are going to have those. But getting bored with a task is not a good reason to change to a different task prior to the one you just started with. Follow through. And then you get to go, and it's done. B, we're going to go through a couple of steps here. B is, if you're getting um, into the mode of completions and you want to see some follow through on what you're working on, we're going to need to first gather the incompletes. If you think about it, it'll still take a minute, um, as you attach a should, a need to, or an ought to to any item, they're immediately an incomplete. Um, I need to wash my car. Immediately, the minute I put I need to, it's incomplete. I need to check my email. Why? Oh, because I did not completely check my email. So many incompletes. As soon as you can attach a should, a need to, or ought to to an item, you have an incomplete. This includes all the I'm going to's. <laughs> they are incomplete. Where you've decided to do something, but you haven't even started moving on it yet. It also includes all your pending and in-progress items. And it includes every, those things where you've done everything you're ever going to do on that item, except acknowledge you're done with it. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so many times we just need to finish and move along. I'm done with it, close it, put the file away, and next year I'll work on the next spring banquet. Put it away, finish it up. 
Um, you need to gather your incompletes somewhere in one central location other than your head. I'm um, your head. This is not going to be faithful to you, trust me. You can use a high-tech tool, electronic note-taking devices, voice recording devices. Um, your Outlook has tasks um, available on it, Blackberries, iPhones, everywhere. You can gather all your incompletes, or you can do paper-based system. I love my Dayminder. I write everything down. I have to remember where I wrote it, but I do write. You need to gather all your incompletes, and then you need to process them, and that's letter C. Process them, you need to do them, delegate them, or defer them. And defer does not mean putting it off till the rapture. You need to organize all the actions you're going to need to do to complete these incompletes. Do you need to take action on an item? If you do, and it's going to take less than two minutes, then do it. That is a do. If it's going to take less than two minutes, do it. Finish it. Be done with it. If you need to send that email off, it's only going to take two seconds, then do it. And then you're done. It's complete. Um, if it's going to take more than two minutes, then look at it. Decide whether or not you're the right person to do the action. If not, if it's not you, then delegate it. And if it is you, and it's going to take more than two minutes, then you'll need to defer it and put it on a calendar to track at a specific time. Are you going to need it to today, tomorrow? Of course, all those homebound things, washing your car, doing laundry, those have to defer till Saturday most of the time. I don't have time during the week. I don't know about you guys. We're busy around here. Um, but some things, if it's only going to take two minutes to do, um, then just get it done. So you do it, delegate it, or defer it. And then the last one, prepare for vacation daily. Sounds a little funny, but honestly, if you think about it, at work or at home, when you're preparing to leave and you're not going to be somewhere for a few days, you put a lot of energy into finishing a lot of things around. Um, you set up new voicemail messages. You, you put out your out-of-office notification. You might even delegate some daily tasks to some coworkers that you have in the office. Um, and you tie up your loose ends. If we did that for maybe the last 30 minutes of each day in our offices, think of how much better when you got back in the next morning you would be ready to go. Um, the things from the day before would at least be tied up doesn't mean they're all completely completed. Um, some projects are year-round, <laughs> and they're constantly going. But taking a few minutes, um, review what's in the in-basket for the next day, glance at your calendar, see what your meetings are going to be the next day, and just plan around those things. And if we plan for vacation daily, you'll have a lot more check marks on your completion list because you'll figure out, oh wait, this will just take me two seconds, I can do it right now, and then I don't even have to think about it tomorrow. It's not about completions to feel good about myself. It's really about being just a good steward of the time God's given to us. What happens when we complete a project? It's more than a check mark on a piece of paper. Matthew 25, 21 says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. 
Thou hast been faithful over a few things, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I really pray that something said today about completions, maybe one little tool, one little thing, will help each of you. I know studying for this lesson has majorly helped me. Um, Just work on the area of follow through. Thank you for listening to the Ministry 127 podcast. Today's lesson was on the art of follow through with Mrs. Tammy Schellenberg.